When it comes to healthcare, let's get to a really big and concerning headline from the long weekend. ERs across the country shutting down. That's right. Hospitals overwhelmed by the pandemic and its onslaught. A lot of hospitals still facing a number of challenges. Uh, we are seeing uh, some unprecedented wait times in ERs right across Canada. And as a matter of fact, back on Saturday, Perth and Smith Falls District Hospital announced a shutdown of its emergency department until Thursday. Now, they're citing a COVID outbreak, but uh, reports say that uh, doctors say the real reason is because of an ongoing staff shortage. Let's welcome in Dr. Ann Collins, past president of the Canadian Medical Association, who joins us uh, for more on this uh, now. Uh, Dr. Collins, good afternoon. Nice to have you back with us on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. All right. Uh, How unprecedented is this uh, ER's emergency rooms uh, shutting down? Well, the door to the emergency room really is the the last door of resort uh, for many patients and families. And and ERs are generally not a a place that closes. Uh, It's... uh, they're open 24-7, 365 across the country. And what we're seeing now really um, is it's alarming in some respects, but almost in other respects could have been predicted and, and by some was predicted due to many, many factors, uh, the least of which, of course, is the, the two and almost the half years we spent in this pandemic. Sure. Let's talk a bit about that and uh, Perth and Smith Falls that I just mentioned, and their ER closed until Thursday. Again, it sounds as if there's a bit of a COVID outbreak there, Dr. Collins, but it's hitting that hospital particularly hard just because of staffing shortages. And we know that that has been a a story and a headline that's been around uh, not only during the pandemic, uh, but uh, really, you know, a bit of a a staffing uh, shortage or even called a staffing crisis pre-pandemic going on in the uh, healthcare system that uh, maybe has been exacerbated because of the pandemic? Well, absolutely. I mean, we've never had in this country, um, let alone in in provinces and smaller communities, a a good solid uh, health human resource plan. And so for sure, in uh, some smaller areas like in Perth, where you have very limited numbers of um, nursing and, and, and physician resources, it doesn't take much to sort of tip that balance. And indeed, as we've seen throughout the pandemic, healthcare workers uh, have been affected by COVID themselves and, and uh, re- you know, as with the rest of us, require to, to isolate and take that time away from work. So there, there is not much of a backstop uh, for us. Um, there wasn't prior to the pandemic. There certainly isn't now. And, and of course, likely as you're to hear with another guest coming up, it's all the more reason for all of us to continue taking the measures that we can to protect those healthcare workers, uh, to keep them on the job and providing the services that we need. Absolutely. Uh, many of the problems, of course, uh, facing hospitals, just not in Perth, Smith Falls, but uh, really uh, across the province, across the uh, country. Many of these problems are not uh, exactly new, but again, have been exacerbated uh, because of the pandemic. And of course, nobody wants to see an ER closed and not be able to serve its uh, community. It's critical. Uh, so what can be done here? Is there uh, doesn't seem as if, but is there a quick fix at all to any of this, do you believe? Uh, no, there is no quick fix, and that's, it's not a fix that any one jurisdiction can, can, uh, can tackle on its own. We, we need 
federal leadership here uh, with provinces and territories and, and municipalities because it's a multi-pronged problem, as you've alluded to. The emergency rooms are, are crammed. Um, wait times are long because, as I said, it's a, it's a door of last resort for uh, people who can no longer safely live in the community, seniors. Their, their families are burnt out. They, they have to have somewhere to take them. People are presenting with uh, more serious uh, and complicated illnesses uh, that require hospital admission. But for some, in some instances, once some of those seniors are admitted to hospital and, and there's nowhere for them to go after, there are no beds to admit people. And it's just a vicious circle that now is spinning around this, uh, this shortage of healthcare workers, nurses, physicians, and other allied health professionals. So we need to find ways to uh, incentivize uh, our healthcare workers to, to stay and keep doing what they're doing, safe workplaces, how we remunerate them, um, educating uh, more healthcare professionals. We, we have, we believe, you know, a number of physicians and nurses in this country who are trained elsewhere. Uh, let's, we need some strong leadership to get their credentialing um, up to speed more quickly. There are all kinds of, of solutions to tackle this problem. But we need to have the political will and the leadership to do that. Well, let me ask you a bit more about that, Dr. Collins, because there's a lot of people asking, you know, who's to be held accountable? Uh, where's the accountability when it comes to us of finding where we're at to today with ERs closing on a long weekend when, uh, you know, that's sometimes some of the most busiest weekends uh, of the year. Have our leaders, whether it be uh, healthcare uh, leaders or thinking more about, uh, you know, politicians in particular at both the provincial and federal level, uh, have they let uh, their constituents uh, down here that uh, we've got to this point? Well, again, I think that it it, it dates back, you know, many years, uh, long before the pandemic, that we have not, we've kind of taken our healthcare system, I think, for granted and have not looked into the future about what the needs of Canadians were going to be as they aged. Um, you know, how uh, are we training? How are we working as a healthcare team? We're, we're working in ways that, you know, in some instances predated Medicare, really, when we should be looking at working as teams where everybody uses their, their potential to its maximum and, and complements one another. And so I think what's, more critical, Jeff, is that we talk about what we do going forward and and that those people who make decisions, who are policymakers, who hold the purse strings and so on, realize that this is not going to go away. This is only, um, we're only going to see this on a larger scale as we move forward, potentially even this year into the fall. So we are at CMA calling on on. Yes, politicians, but of all stripes, regardless of your party, um, to come together and, and let's let's work to solve this. I want to ask you, Dr. Collins, a question I asked uh, Dr. Catherine Smart, the current president of the Canadian Medical Association. She was on our program a couple of weeks ago when the CMA initially was ringing the uh, alarm bells and uh, talking about this and uh, wanting uh, Canadians to, to be informed and know uh, what uh, you know, our healthcare heroes, what they are facing on the front line and on a firsthand basis, uh, let them know uh, the, the state of healthcare uh, in this country. Considering what you just uh, were talking about, and we're talking about uh, politicians, 
Is there, do you believe, uh, moving forward, the uh, political will to change and to get things done when it comes to uh, health care, despite the fact, as we're seeing with the closing of ERs, that's so desperately needed? Uh, you know, many times this is an issue that a lot of leaders, a lot of politicians uh, fail to really uh, tackle concretely because uh, they're worried about the political ramifications and their own futures. Just a lot of truth in that, but that was one of the reasons that we, you know, encourage the politicians uh, recently that I think unless sometimes you've had a direct um, episode or a direct involvement with the healthcare system, you don't really understand how grave the situation is. And we encouraged elected officials as they were leaving, leaving Parliament a couple of weeks ago to get out into their constituency and talk to the voters. The patients are the voters and talk to them about what they're experiencing to make it real, to, to, to bring back those live examples and, and to help that solidify uh, their thinking and their commitment to, to make things better for Canadians uh, as they come back in the fall to work together as a parliament. So there has to be, there has to be change here or, or we are, uh, you know, Dr. Smart has, has said very clearly the system is, is collapsing um, it's not going to take much longer before it has collapsed. Just finally, let me ask you, uh, not only was the ER closed in Perth and uh, Smith Falls, but the town of uh, Clinton also without an ER for the entire Canada Day uh, long weekend. As a matter of fact, they're shut down until uh, tomorrow, uh, the 5th. Uh, can we expect more of these announcements? Sadly, do you think that ERs will be unavailable in certain communities, particularly smaller communities? Sadly uh, and unfortunately, yes, uh, this is uh, not just in Ontario, as you've mentioned, it's across the country. It's uh, happening in my province here in New Brunswick. Uh, we're hearing about it uh, from coast to coast to coast. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to imagine, but there, this is happening so that it's done in a planned way. It's to make uh, what is on the whole an unsafe working uh, condition just a little bit safer by not having those uh, ERs open and not staffed or poorly staffed. Dr. Collins, appreciate your time as always. Thank you so much for this. Thanks for having me. You bet. Dr. Ann Collins is the past president of the Canadian Medical Association. Commenting on these uh, ERs, these emergency departments again in Perth, Smith Falls and Clinton closed not open on the Canada Day long weekend. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.